You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading 1 Thessalonians 1.1 through 5.28. 89 verses today, the entire book of 1 Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, But just as we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as did from the Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out 
and displease God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them at last. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our, God, our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind in Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are dis- destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it's come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly, and long to see us, as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we've been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you're standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face, and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself, and our Lord Jesus, direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another, and for all, as, as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, for that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those that are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died, and rose again. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 
Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying, there's peace and security. Then suddenly, destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for, the helmet, for, for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you're doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So we get a little glimpse of the circumstances of Paul writing this letter right in the letter. So we know that Paul had been in Athens, and after planting the church in Thessalonica, Paul had traveled along. It sounds like it was planted under extreme persecution and that it was mostly Gentiles who received the word of the Lord there, and that uh, they were undergoing extreme persecution to the point that Paul had to be forced out of the city, and that forced him to continue to go on his missionary journeys. But he, he talks about how he was so anxious for them that he, he believed that there's the possibility that the deceiver, that the enemy was going to come into their church after he left and, and lead these people that he loves astray away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, from the grace that he has won for them. And so while he's in Athens, which we read about in Acts 17, he sent Timothy over to Thessalonica, which is also in Greece, and or Thessaloniki, I believe, is, is the, the city. And so he sent Timothy over there to check on the church, and Timothy came back to Paul and had a glowing report that the church there was, was thriving in the midst of persecution, that the church there was still growing, that the church there was, uh, there was much to be encouraged about. And so Paul writes this letter back to them uh, by way of letting them know that he misses them, that he desires to be with them, and some reminders for them to hold fast to until, until he's able to come back and, and encourage them in person. Namely, to continue in the steadfastness of the Lord, to continue to walk that narrow path 
that Christ has called us to walk, walking in the grace that Jesus has won for us, and not being taken aside, not, not wandering off the path towards idols and, and things that they had that Jesus had freed them from, but using their freedom for holiness and righteousness, and to, to live a life pleasing to God. As they come out of their idolatry in this pagan world, uh, sexual immorality was normal in the Roman world at this time, and most of these former former uh, pagans would have been indulging in that. And so it's easy to, to turn back to the things that you are familiar with. Uh, it's just psychologically true that, that the, your neural pathways, when, when circumstances happen, you're going to wander back into what's familiar. And Paul is encouraging them, no, don't do that. You're, you're walking back towards slavery, towards death. Continue to walk forward towards Christ. Know that in the short term, you're undergoing persecution and hardship. But in the long term, Christ is coming back, that he's going to return. And those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have been killed for their faith, they will be victorious in that day. They will rise from the dead just as Jesus rose from the dead, and they'll be vindicated eternally. And those of us who aren't dead will join Jesus in the air at his return. At, at the trumpet sound, Jesus is coming as this mighty king, and everything will be vindicated. All wrongs will be put right. And so there are many wrongs happening to the church in Thessalonica or Thessaloniki at this point in time. And so Paul's telling them, look with the eyes of your heart. Look with the eyes of faith. Don't look in the short term and get discouraged. Look in the long term. You will be vindicated. Christ is the king. Caesar claims to be the king right now, but Caesar has a king. And his name is Jesus. He was crucified on a Roman cross for your sins. And then he rose from the dead. And he's coming back. And at his return, all of us will be vindicated. And so what I love about this book is that it gives you very clearly, so many people ask, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? This doesn't give you specifics, but it tells you God's will for you. It's your sanctification. It's your growing in your knowledge of God and in your love for God, that you would walk in a manner that's holy and, and worthy of the call uh, that, that God has for you, that you would... Uh, urge you brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays e anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test them and hold fast to what's good. Abstain from every form of evil. And in doing that, the God of peace himself will sanctify you completely, that your whole spirit and soul and body would be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is faithful and he will surely do it. It's a beautiful book. It's a short book. And it's really cool to be able to read through the whole thing, just as the initial church would have heard it read. And so as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider, what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he desires for the world? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while you were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Till then, God bless.